The Terry and Jesse Show, we just ask the Lord to open up our lips so that our mouth may proclaim His praises. And we also praise you, Lord, among the nations. We will tell of your name to our brothers. Psalm 22, verse 22. Lord, give us, me and my, and my partner Terry, give us the tongue of an angel Amen. that we may speak the truth in love. We pray this in Jesus' mighty, holy, powerful, sweet, precious, majestic name. Virgin most powerful, pray for, for us. Terry, I'm on duty. I'm on duty, Jess. And this is going to be a good show here. We've got some uh, inspiring information and also good to know files. Just a, full of, of uh, inspiration here. Number one, uh, we're going to talk about the Canadian truck driver's that are giving the whole world hope. What they're doing, they had 40 miles long of truck drivers on the border of the United States. And what happened there is going to really inspire you. Also, Jesse, a couple weeks ago, maybe it was a month ago, we did a report about some Mexican cardinals and bishops and priests who were being convicted in court by the Mexican government. And now uh, they appealed it. But now we're going to talk about these guys look like they're going to jail because they proclaim Jesus Christ and his teachings in a country that you can't do that. So that's also inspiring to me, Jesse. Because Yeah, Terry, because these guys, you know, they have that Cristero <laughs> blood running through yeah. their veins. They don't have modernist blood. Let no. me tell you, you're not, you're not going to go to jail for modernist teachings. <laughs> if you teach the, the authentic truth, yeah. these, these prelates are true sons of the Cristero. Yeah, and we need more like that. As a matter of fact, Jesse, I got a good news story. In Las Vegas, Paul Clay's diocese, Catholic bishop tells pro-abortion politicians, don't present yourself to Holy Communion. We're not giving communion to pro-choice uh, politicians. This is Bishop George Thomas. Thomas, And so that, to me, somebody's inspiring some of these bishops to speak up. This is just kind of common sense, but it's, it's and now a story when a bishop says, you can't receive Holy Communion. I mean, a second grader knew that. But, you know, I'm going to report on it. Jess, I'm, I'm not sure if you're aware. In Arizona, the state Senate committee passed a bill banning abortions on babies after 15 weeks. I didn't know that. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Uh, send me that later on, Terry, in my phone. That's, yeah. that's good. So I can send, send to my people out here in Arizona. Absolutely. So we got lots of good news. But, you know, Jess, out of all these stories, and we always talk about holiness. We all talk about our union with Christ in spite of bad example from the top, from the middle, from the bottom in the church. The church is full of sinners. But you know what? Don't let that get in the way of your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's our message here at Virgin Most Powerful. You know, Jesse always says, be holy or die trying. <laughs> you know why? That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yes, but the good news really is the gospel, and you call it soul food every day here on the Virgin Most Powerful. So give us some soul food, brother. You got it. Uh, before I give you the soul food, just want to remind you that we are now in the month That's of right. February. The month of February, there's a tradition that goes back to the 17th century. I love it. This month is dedicated to the Holy Family. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Save souls. Remember the special devotion which proposes the holy family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph as the model of virtue for every Christian household. So let me jump into the uh, soul, soul food section here. Mm -hmm. Mark chapters, and then I'm going to give uh, let, let one of the saints, uh, an early church father, <laughs> give the commentary. I love it. Uh, saint Caesarius of Arles. Who's that? Uh, <laughs> um, he was a monk archbishop back in 543 <laughs> A.D., St. Caesarus of Arles, he'll give the commentary awesome. on today's gospel. So here we go. Mark chapter 6 mm -hmm. and following. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. King Herod, 
heard about Jesus for his fame had become widespread and people were saying, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. That is why mighty powers are at work in him. Others were saying he is Elijah, still others he is a prophet like any of the prophets. But when Herod learned of it, he said, It is John whom I, whom I beheaded. He has been raised up. Herod was, was the one who had John arrested and bound in prison on account of Herodias, the wife of his brother Philip, whom he had married. John had said to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Herodias harbored a, a grudge against him and wanted to kill him, was, but was unable to do so. Herod feared John, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man, and kept him in custody. When he heard him speak, he, he was very much perplexed, yet he liked to listen to him. Herodias had an opportunity one day when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his courtiers, his military officers, and the leading men of Galilee. His own daughter came in and performed a dance that delighted Herod and his guests. By the way, a dance like most people see on, uh, on halftime Super Bowl Sunday. That's why I haven't watched it in 10 years. Uh, we continue. The king said to the girl, Ask of me whatever you wish, and I will grant it to you. He even swore many things to her. I will grant you whatever you ask of me, even to half of my kingdom. Mm. She went out and said to her mother, What shall I ask for? Her mother replied, The head of John the Baptist. The girl hurried back to the king's presence and made her request. I want you to give me at once on a platter the head of John the Baptist. The king was deeply distressed, but because of his oaths and the guests, he, and the guests, he did not wish to break his word to her. So he promptly dispatched an executioner with orders to bring back his head. He went off and beheaded him in the prison. He brought in the head on a platter and gave it to the girl. The girl, in turn, gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard about it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This is a monk archbishop back in 543 A.D. <laughs> the church is wonderful. I love St. Saint Caesarius of Arles, he gave this commentary. He says this, uh -huh. This is the same John who publicly condemned the wickedness of King Herod for seizing the wife of a man who was still living. By doing so, John the Baptist lost his life for the sake of justice. But he gained glory in heaven. Blessed John was, was, uh, was, was full, with full and perfect liberty, preferred, preferred to suffer injustice rather than to fail to say what was right. For this reason, in his discourse of the gospel, John the Baptist himself touches our hearts with a salutary message when he says, I am a herald's voice in the desert crying, make ready the way of the Lord, Clear a straight path for our God. After this, John also proclaims, Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be leveled. This is the same thing which, which John the Evangelist relates in, a different, in different words when he says, Everyone who exalts himself shall be humbled. A time will come when the humble will be lifted up into heaven while the proud will be plunged into the depths of hell. A time will come when the rich people will, who now laugh at Christ's poor will be sorry that they all were avaricious and greedy. Terry, wow. take it away. I you know, Jesse, this is such the beauty of the Catholic Church, and this is why we have to go back to the fathers, 
go back to the saints. You know, there's there's also on the other side the human element of the church when we have even popes and bishops and priests who just reject the saints. He reject the traditions of the church that we've been here before. I wanna I wanna just uh, bring the smartest guy into the room. That <laughs> full sheen ahead. Bishop Sheen has Saint Augustine with him, and this fits perfect with what we just read in the gospel. This was now the fourth century. I mean, you know, these guys are great. They all we can't learn from them. Why not? These are holy men. St. Augustine said, you know, about hope. We have hope, Jesse. Yes, hope has two beautiful daughters. Their names are anger and courage. Mm -hmm. Anger at the way things are and courage to see that they do not remain as they are. Jess, I'm angry, okay? And I'll tell you why. I see weakness in our church. Mm. I see leadership that's not doing what John the Baptist did or other saints have done, or Padre Pro. And, uh, you know, th- yeah, I see the Mexican bishops right now and priests doing what Padre Pro did. Say, look, I'm going to lay it on the line. But we need more of our leadership in the church to be angry about our lukewarmness in the church today. So I just think that Fulton Sheen has much to say, and when he brings these saints on board, we got to listen to them. Because think about this, Jesse. Anger and courage. I never knew that, really thought about it. What is the courage? The courage to fight error. The courage to fight lukewarmness. I, and people say, well, you can't be angry. Hey, you know what? What did our Lord do at the temple, Jesse, when they were selling stuff? Righteous anger. You got, and, and we have it. We should have righteous anger. But no, don't leave yeah. the church. Yeah. Righteous anger, should. St. Thomas says, should also lead you to do justice, acts of justice. Amen. And that's why, by the way, I'm going out there doing a lot of people. Next hundreds, week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, what are we doing? Prayers of reparation. Amen. Why? Because the justice of God and the, is being offended. Yeah. And it is being blasphemed. And so a, a public sin that that evil and that egregious requires public reparation by Catholics. Amen. And Terry, going back to the fathers of the church, the book of Sirach, Sirach 39 says about the fathers of the church, about these wise men, it says, it says this, he who devotes himself to the study of the law of the most high God will seek out all the wisdom of the ancients Hmm. and will be concerned with prophecies he will preserve the discourse of notable men. Sirach 39, verses 1 and 2, calls us to go back to the fathers of the church, Terry. Oh, I thought we were going to go back to uh, psychology for solutions. Give me a break, Jeff. Or what about uh, <laughs> the, the modernist German theologians? Exactly. Maybe, I know. The, the Novo Theologia, the go. new theologians nah. that replace the scholastics. Get out of the way. Let's get back to the fathers. Let's get back to the perennial teachings of the church, the deposit of faith. Hey, when we come back... Talk about uh, anger and justice. We're going to have a clip about the March of Dimes and what they're doing in funding abortions and why you shouldn't give them a dime. (laughs) We're going to come back. This is the Terry and Jesse show. We're too blessed to be stressed. Oh, yeah. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, Jess Romero, Terry Barber, we'd be billionaires. Stay with us, family. We'll be back in a quick moment. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Talk about heroes. Have you been seeing what's happening in Canada with the Canadian truckers? (laughs) Wow. Inspiration for everybody 
uh, around the world on how to deal with medical dictators. But what's, what's particularly important to me, Terry, there's what is it? a wife uh, is thanking the Canadian truckers for giving her hope yeah. amid her husband's vaccine injury. Yeah. There are thousands of people in this situation, Terry, thousands and thousands who have been injured by the jab. And so this woman is saying in a video, she's saying, my goodness, you guys, you, you Canadian truckers have no idea how much what you're doing means to me and my family. So this woman who says her, her firefighter husband was injured by the COVID shot has made an emotional video giving support to the Canadian truckers. It's called Freedom Conway. This young Canadian woman can be seen holding back tears in the video mm. while explaining how grateful she is for the convoy that's currently it's currently occurring in Ottawa yep. uh, because they're standing up against the vaccine mandates. In her emotional video, she outlines how her firefighter husband contracted myocarditis after the first dose of the experimental COVID-19 jab, but still lost his job as he was unable to get fully vaccinated and did not qualify for an exemption. And for the second shot under the strict medical regime in Canada, here's what the wife said. Her name is Jen Susan. Yep. She says, I want to throw a shout out to the truckers in this freedom convoy, uh, states the woman. She says, my goodness, you guys have no idea how much what how much what you're doing means to me and my family. You see, my husband got myocarditis after his first dose. And the doctors here in Canada have refused an exemption for the second one. Wow. So, yeah, Terry. Brave young woman, and, her case can be multiplied by the tens of thousands all over the world. And you know what else is inspirational? There's that, but also, uh, the, they had like a 40-mile long, of, of you know, as far as the eye could see, trucks there. And the police, and the Canadian police called for tow trucks to try, basically tow these guys out of the way to keep the road going. And just when these tow truck drivers got there, they didn't tow the trucks away. You know what they did? They got in line and protested. What's happening, Jesse, and our listeners, is people are standing up. They're saying, I've had enough of this. It's time to get rid of it and move on. And that was inspirational. I think the Canadians, who I don't really think of, I think of Canadians of kind of like laid-back people, Jesse. They're not the kind that, you know, they're like activists. But I'll tell you what, I think they, their, their cup is overfilled and they're saying, we got to do something about this, and they're doing it. And I respect them tremendously. Jess, I wanted, we didn't get a chance to show this, um, unless you want to talk. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, go ahead and put that on, Terry. That's I wanna, kind of important, yeah. Well, I want to put them, every year, the, let me just tell people what the March of Dimes, they've been around for decades, okay? When I was in real estate, are you ready for this, folks? Back in, like, 1980, uh, they, March of Dimes came into our real estate office to say, hey, we're going to knock on doors and raise money for uh, disabled kids. But I had already known from my research that they, they were for killing, you know, babies that weren't perfect. So they were in killing unborn babies. So when they came to my office, we had 45 agents there. I stood up and asked the question. And, of course, they said, yeah, that's right. We don't want to have a baby that might be defective. So, yeah, we, we, we encourage them to abort the baby. So I stood up in the office and I said, I, for me, for, for me, I'm not going to support killing future citizens and future, future customers of our company here in the country. I'm not going to participate in this. And I walked out of the office. And uh, the manager got a little upset at me. But you know what, Jess? When you're one of the top producers, 
they'll put up with a lot. You know what I? They hey, come on back here. It's okay. You know, but I I basically throttled off the March of Dimes program and it was canceled at our office. So this is why we need to stand up to these evils. But let's go ahead and play the clip March yeah. of Dimes. In case you didn't know this already, the March of Dimes is not a pro-life organization. It sees Planned Parenthood as a valued organization. It joins abortion violence groups in the pursuit of expanding federal funding of birth control programs. The March of Dimes claims neutrality on the issue of abortion. Abortion is the intentional killing of a preborn child, either by dismembering his limbs and cutting off his head or poisoning him with a pill. That's what they're neutral on. That doesn't exactly square with its mission to improve the health of preborn babies. March of Dimes will provide grants to experimentation of aborted fetal tissue, just so long as it doesn't violate federal regulations. So if you're ever standing at the checkout and you're asked to donate an extra dollar to the March of Dimes, well, you know which button to push. <laughs> uh, I Del- like this guy. Delete button. Short Delete and sweet, button. baby. Delete it. Yeah. And again, <laughs> Jesse, we have to know this information to act on it. And you know, I know people sometimes go like, well, I don't want to get involved. You know, Jess, at our exit interview, one of the questions that comes up is, what did you do to protect life? <laughs> yeah, it does. I'm convinced. Because- that's, that's the big question, Terry. Yeah. Because our Lord Jesus Christ is called in John fourteen six, the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. That's what, one of the three titles that he designated for himself. So life is ultimately important to him. And his sister, uh, Didi, said, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, she said, uh, you know, what we do in this life is very important if we want to gain eternal life. Right, right, right. Well said. And Jesse, all of these issues, these moral issues, we're trying to raise up an army, a sleeping giant. Yes. I can remember on the issues of even pornography when you were, a, you told me when you were a young cop and you saw pornography in the locker room. And in the police cars, uh, and, too. In the police cars. Uh, you took a risk, Jess, didn't you? Yeah, because my mind was already being formed by, there's a, an apostle called St. Joseph's Communications <laughs> that had an incredible impact on my young soul and my young mind. I was ordering cassette tapes through this catalog yeah. called St. Joseph's Communications. I was going to this thing called the Family Conference. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. And uh, so I went back to work, and I was taking all this information. that I was, Oh, yeah, and I ran across this cassette tape, I think like 40 or 50 cassette tapes called Life is Worth Living back in the late 80s. Yeah. This was forming my young police mind, Terry. So yeah. I was I was able to do things that were maybe countercultural as a young cop of because course. my mind was being purified. And Jesse, what you did there that I think other cops can still do is make a moral stand. So when you see this pornography or you for life, stand up and say, you know what, I'm done. I think you actually tore some of those uh, let's uh, let's just say immoral images in the uh, locker poli- room. Locker room. And uh, somebody came back and said, who did this, right? Or they oh, were upset, man. right? Didn't you just like really, I mean, yes, you, you put your, you put your uh, let's just say your safety at, at, at harm there. Absolutely, I did, Terry. But again, uh, as you, you said. You were convicted. Yeah, I was convicted, A, by the truth, and yeah. B, uh, we, we, we will, our Lord says that you will be persecuted in my name. Yeah. In other words, if you stand up for Jesus in public, you will be persecuted, sometimes even by your own co-workers and family members. Yeah. But but again, Terry, uh, that's why our, uh, St. Peter in the first, uh, his one of his first homilies in Acts 2.40 says, uh, flee this corrupt generation. And that's a mandate. Yeah. Terry, going back to this brave wife, I just want I to say she's awesome. in, in Canada, uh, a lot of people have been heard by the jab. Here's what Jen Susan says about her husband. She says, 
vaccine injured people are being ignored. They're being called crazy. They're being called coincidences. And enough is enough, Jen Susan said. She says, so thank you to the Canadian truckers uh, from the bottom, the very, very bottom of our hearts. I appreciate every single one of you. For the first time in a long time, I actually have hope. And Terry, I'll tell you something coincidental is that uh, Canadian's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, yeah. their family, they're in hiding in an undisclosed location. <laughs> okay? I mean, thousands of protesters went over to the nation's capital and they gathered outside of Parliament in, uh, in Ottawa, which is a state-owned uh, you know, building, and he's nowhere to be found because Trudeau and his wife and their children, they, they've, been, they've relocated from their Ottawa home to an undisclosed location uh, the, the press says amid secu- heightened security concerns. But uh, again, the reason he's in hiding, Terry, is overall this vaccine stir that he's caused in his country. And this is what happens, Terry, when you have a malformed conscience like the, like Prime Minister Trudeau. And, you know, Jesse, I think more and more we talk about this inspiring people to do what St. Augustine said. Hope for the two beautiful daughters. Their names are anger and courage, anger at the way things are and courage to see that they do not remain what they are and i think if even this bishop in las vegas nevada bishop george thomas he told pro uh, abortion politicians hey don't come up to the communion rail unless see this is the gospel repent of their actions against the unborn babies you know jesse i've been praying for pope francis like i can't you know a lot i'm praying to confirm us in our faith but you see that's what we were expecting the vigor of christ to tell joe biden repent yeah. And don't come up and receive Holy Communion. This is the, see now this bishop, I guarantee you, Jesse, will pay a price for openly saying what he said. And it was nothing more than what the perennial teachings of the church are saying. This is the age we're in right now. And so, Jess, you're going to be persecuted. Uh, hey, even, I'll, I'll give you another example. Even with what you're doing tomorrow, or next week, to stand up to the, Oh, trust me. It's all, oh, t- you're getting the... Oh. Sorry, but you're getting, let's just say you're getting beat up on it. And I would stay, <laughs> say that, man, I'm going to be on a four-day retreat when you're there, or I would be there shoulder to shoulder. Why? People, people ask me, because you, you carry a lot of weight for late yeah. people. I said, Terry, where, where's, where's Terry Barber on this issue? Let people know what you think about yeah. Uh, yeah. what's happening well, with late people. Yeah. You tell us. Yeah, my thought is this. If people don't stand up, uh, when good people do nothing, that's when evil abounds. And reparation needs to be made. And I believe in public reparation. As a matter of fact, if someone said you shouldn't be doing this, my question would be, uh, should we be praying in front of abortion clinics? Hmm. I think we should. We've been doing it for years. Why? It's effective, man. As a matter of fact, we, Jesse, I know this is, people are going to, we have to attack evil with goodness, with holiness. Did you hear what I said? And attack. that's what we're going to do. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. See, you're not sitting back and saying, well, and, and don't get me wrong. Go to your churches. You can't make it. Pray reparation prayers. I'm all for it. But if you've got two legs and you're near Phoenix, Arizona, get over there and make a public stand. You remember Zachary King, who was a, a Satanist, and he worked in the abortion industry? Mm. He used to say this, Jesse, when there were people out praying in front of the abortion clinic, they were affected adversely. The, the, the devil was, mm-hmm. the, he was like shaking in his boots because people took a proactive approach. I believe the same thing is happening with this event that's taking in, that you're doing next week. Terry, Zachary King also said that 
the Catholic prayers of people outside oh, the yeah. sidewalk, he said it would nullify our curses. That's right. They would be projecting curses and That's hexes. Right. Yeah. He says the Catholic prayers, he says, I can tell you as a former high priest yep. for like 20 some odd years, he goes, it basically obliterates and it sabotages our hexes and curses as we project them. So and, uh, he's not the only one that admits the power of Catholic prayer. And that's why I'm encouraging people to go. I know you're going to hear some people that are in high officials in the church to say, you know what, don't show up. You're giving him more credit. You know, that's their opinion. I get it. But, you know, being in the battle for 42 years, I'm, 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 this is not a time to sit back and watch. It's a time to take action. Hey, you're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. Uh, we're, we're just sharing the faith. Two men with PhDs and common sense. And common sense ain't that common. I want to talk next about the Mexican court upholding a conviction of what? Cardinals, priests, for what? For preaching the gospel. Wow. Is this back in the Custero uh, days or Custero days of 1920? We'll see. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Saint uh Padre Pro maybe. Yeah, Saint Padre Pro, Saint Padre Pro, pray for us. Amen, brother. And uh, and and uh, Saint uh, Jose Luis de Sawayo Michoacan, oh, pray yeah. for us. Terry, what's happening in Mexico me, is the resurrection of 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 <laughs> Marxism, yeah. socialism, yes, Masonic masonry, yep. rearing its ugly head. I mean, it's never left Mexico ever since the the nineteenth century, when it was fully implemented. But in order to understand what we're going to share with you, let me quote something from Father Benedict Rochelle of Good Memory. Uh, he wrote a book called Arise from Darkness, put up by Ignatius. Here's what he says on page 141 about Mexico. Yeah. So you'll understand this article in light of Father Groeschel's analysis of Mexico. He said this. He says, the land of Mexico is 95% Catholic, but, but somehow the government of Mexico for 100 years has perpetuated the most cruel, vicious persecutions of the Catholic Church. He says, I'm sorry to tell you, it's been by the American government. How so? The United States was in many ways an accomplice of that persecution, which was led by a particularly vi vi virulent form of anti-Catholic and anti-religious Freemasonry, which was introduced into Mexico by an American ambassador in the 20th century. Wow. I talked to Father Groeschelet in Steubenville many years ago about this when his book came out. We were doing a conference out there together. And he told me, he goes, Jess, it was the American Freemasons, he says, that funded Mexico to start a Masonic uh, lodges over in Mexico. So they funded Mexican Freemasonry mm. right at the time that these presidents had all, already embraced socialism. So this was right within their wheelhouse anyhow. So this is what we see going on in Mexico. And we see a, a, a new crop of brave Padre Miguel Pros. They're called, uh, some of the names are Cardinal Juan Iniguez, uh, who was the Archbishop Emeritus of Guadalajara, Father Angel Ramos, mm -hmm. former rector of the Pontifical University. Uh, they're being charged, and many others, 
Mm-hmm. They're being charged of inciting the people to vote against a political option. And they're saying it violates the Mexican Constitution, which it does. I've, it's in Article 130. I've yeah. read it. Uh-huh. It's in my book, Knocked Off the Donkey. <laughs> Terry, uh, if, as Dr. Scott Hahn says, he says, history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. What, what, is it, what does that mean? It means that, I mean, we don't have the same players, 100. Gaius is dead, and some of those people are dead. But what Gaius and those people did 100 years ago, it's happening again. They're just new characters. That's what Scott Hahn means by history doesn't repeat itself with the same people because they're dead, but it rhymes. Right. In other words, the same errors that occurred 100 years ago are occurring right now with different characters. And the new Padre Pros are the ones that we're going to comment in this article. Right. And, you know, Jesse, this ruling follows a lawsuit filed by the Mexican ruling Socialist Party. The movement for social regeneration, isn't that correct? Called, called Morena. Yeah, exactly. Morena. 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 Right. Yeah. So according to the Catholic World Report, <clears throat> that was our first article we talked about, these clerics were held to have specifically violated, like Jess said, <clears throat> Article 130 of the Mexican Constitution, which states ministers cannot associate for political purpose nor proselytize in favor or against any candidate party or political association. Neither can they oppose the laws of the country or if it's institutions in acts of worship or religious propaganda, nor in the publication of religious nature, nor offend national symbols in any way. Now, Jesse, that's like saying if we were in America, in America, let's let's say abortion or same-sex marriage. In Mexico, you can't proclaim the gospel on life issues, or you're violating that section 130. Now, Sandoval also had long been a staunch defender of Catholic doctrine, as well as a fearless critic of the New World Order. You see why I got in trouble, Jess? (laughs) And all who implement its agenda, including through the COVID measures. Jesse, he yeah. preached like you and I are preaching. S- Sandoval's a cardinal, by yeah, the way. Cardinal, yeah, yes. cardinal Sandoval. He's a cardinal, and he's preaching like this, and that's what got these people upset because he has influence in that, in that state, in that country. So they got to get rid of him. Yeah, and again, uh, he's speaking out. Yeah. It's, it, he's just speaking openly. About the faith. Uh, about the faith, yeah. which goes against Mexico's right. Masonic Socialist government. And and by the way, and th- this is not an excuse for people coming over here illegally, but <laughs> now you kind of understand yeah. why many Mexicans and people in South America, Latin America, are running towards the border like a wind sprint. Of course. What they, the, the conditions they live under, these Catholics, is horrible. Yeah. And so they see a glimmer of freedom on, on this side. However, unfortunately, because of the Democrat Party, Terry, we are turning like Mexico into a Masonic socialist government as well. Cardinal Cardenas, again, a staunch defender of the Catholic faith. Good. And, and a speech that sparked the ire, the anger of the ruling party, Morena, which is uh, the ruling party of socialists, Cardinal Sandoval not only slammed the government's threat to liberty, but warned that the good of the family and of human life are at stake. God love Because him. this government has adopted gender ideology, yep. which brings with it all of the unnatural barbarities that they can unleash, which can impede and destroy the family. Sounds much like... Uh, uh, Sister Lucia, who said the final attack against the family by yep. Satan, the final attack by Satan, 
will be against marriage and the family. Yep. And yeah, so keep going, yeah, go Jesse. Cause, no, I want you to continue because he's basically preaching the gospel and he's willing to take his head off for that. He, well, first, uh, today's gospel. Yep. This, exactly. this is a John the Baptist right here. Yep. You're looking at a John the Baptist. Cardinal Sandoval says that pr- besides promoting the inherent evils of abortion, express divorce, homosexuality, and homosexual marriage, the political establishment of Mexico posed a danger or uh, posed a danger to religious liberty. Because here it is. He said it himself. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the communist Marxist system asks for it and demands it. Uh, the only I would add one more adjective, uh, uh, Masonic oh, as well. Yeah. So uh, another prelate, uh, 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 Father Flores Ramos, was targeted for having asked those attending the conference, quote, not to give more power to those who have not known how to use it for the common good. And... Father Ramos also said not to give more confidence to those who devote themselves to dividing, not uniting, and not developing. Thanks be to God, a Catholic will report who put all this so that we can know about this information in the reports of these Catholic prelates. Uh, the initial conviction that Father Ramos's own offending statements were, were vaguely directed, <laughs> saying that, quote, he gave a long list of complaints about the existing governments, but without naming names nor political parties. So you know what? He was actually within the confines of their of their unjust law, Article 130. Mm-hmm. He didn't name names or name parties, but everybody knew who he was talking about. And so he, again, but they're being strict legalists just because he's talking and he's making innuendos. Yeah. That violates Article 130, Terry. Yeah, and, and, and also, Jesse, he's influencing a lot of people right now to stand up for the truth. And remember, Mexico's constitution has expressly anti-clerical provisions since 1917, the year Our Lady appeared at Fatima, when the revolutionaries sought to consolidate the country's secularist and anti-Catholic regime with the constitutional provisions that prohibit the clergy from wearing their garb in public, voting in elections, intervening in politics, and teaching pre-adolescent children. Although some of these restrictions were dropped, we remember what St. John Paul II in the 1990s the Constitution continues to bar clerics from public office participations in any politics. After November's verdict, even secular organizations expressed alarm over the condemnation of the, of the Catholic clerics. Mexicano Republicano, which supports limited government, these are the, the good guys in Mexico, yeah. wrote an open letter to the Secretariat of Governance asking them. asking them to refrain from applying any penalty to the clergymen and uphold a constitutional commitment to human rights. They wrote that they were concerned. This is Mexicano Republicano or Mexican Republicans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they wrote that they were concerned by the sentence issued by the electoral tribunal. Here's what it says, quote, through which it determined that various prelates of the Catholic Church violated the principles of separation of church and state, which, by the way, is a Masonic principle, for the mere reason that they freely expressed their ideas regarding certain topics, close quote. Mexicano Republicano, this, this is Mexican Republicans, they added that the issues the clergymen discussed, quote, although they may also have been addressed by some political party in its electoral platform or campaign proposals, cannot be considered topics that are exclusive to the electoral races, but are topics of national discussion at every social, academic, and political level, and even within the religious sphere, close quote. Good. F- so there's a good party there. It reminds me of the movie For Greater Glory. Remember exactly. Eduardo Verastegui, yep. who was our, our friend, a friend of the show and a friend of ours. Sure. He was part of the conservative, uh, the conservative movement back 
in the movie he depicted back in 1917. Yep. He was he was the famous lawyer, uh, a, a, a peaceful Catholic lawyer, a very staunch Catholic lawyer, but it was well-formed, who died for his faith because he was trying to start peaceful demonstrations while the Cristeros said, okay, we we're, we're basically have the same mission, but we've got, to, we've got to weaponize because these guys are killing us. So Eduardo paid a price in the movies. You recall he was, uh, he, was, he, was uh, he was murdered. Viva lo Cristo Rey. Viva Cristo Rey. There you go Amen. in Spanish. Long live Christ the King. Yes. And this is happening again. Jesse, we've got good news. When we come back from the break, I want to talk about the power of St. Benedict's Medal. And boy, there's a lot of power there. I also want to remind everybody, go to our website, go to vmpr.org. Register to get the recordings from the Spiritual Warfare Conference. We're having already thousands of people have seen it, Jesse, online already from that weekend's conference. 650 people were there. More than three or four times already have watched that number have watched the videos. And we want you to get those and send them to your friends. Here's what we want you to do. I've been repeating this. Get the copies of the recordings. Invite your friends over to pray the rosary. Yes. Then show the uh, one of the talks and, and then have a little bite to eat. And just do that for like six or eight weeks in a row. And I'll tell you, you'll be forming families. Wow. You know, this is the answer right now. That's why we put these conferences on, to help the family. As our lady, as a Sister Faustina, Sister uh, Lucia said, the final battle will be with the family. We'll be back with much more on St. Benedict's Medal and the effectiveness of that medal. How to wear it, how to use it. We'll be back. Stay with us, family, here on Virgin Most Powerful. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. St. Benedict, ora pro nobis, pray for us. Amen. We're going to talk about the St. Benedict Medal. Yep. Uh, the power of the, of the Medal of St. Benedict, remember, any power that a sacramental comes has, excuse me, derives from the power of the Catholic Church. It's because it's been blessed by the Catholic Church. So it derives its power from Jesus Christ through the sacraments into the sacramentals by a Catholic priest or a bishop who blesses a sacramental. The St. Benedict medal has a lot of particular uh, promises attached to it. Mm -hmm. Again, the use of any religious article is intended as a means of reminding one of God and of inspiring a willingness and a desire to serve God and neighbor. It's not regarded as a lucky good luck charm or some magical device or superstition. It has to be blessed. And here's a couple of things, Terry, that we can share that it does. Yeah. Some of the components that the church has promised right. since time immemorial. Number one, a St. Benedict medal, it helps to destroy witchcraft and all other diabolical haunting influences. Wow. What else, Terry? Well, number two, to impart protection to persons tempted and deluded or tormented by evil spirits. Man, Jesse, just time out for a second. At our spiritual warfare conference, lots of those questions came to me yes. at the conference, and I didn't even... Are you wearing your St. Benedict medal? <laughs> I didn't... I should have... <laughs> sorry, that was a mission I... I'm not always perfect, Jess, but I yes, should have had I, that. I know. Good point. Know. Number three, uh, this, is the, this is the promises that the Catholic Church gives us about the St. Benedict's medal. It says, to obtain the conversion of sinners into the Catholic Church, especially when they are in the danger of death. I know people that they give St. Benedict's medals 
to family members that are sick and dying, that are kind of, that are away from the faith. They don't want to go to confession, and uh, you know what? Leave me alone. Leave me alone. They'll put a Saint Benedict's crucifix on them, mm-hmm. or in their hands, or on their chest, and all of a sudden, you know, after a couple of days or hours, the person will say, uh, "Can you call a Catholic priest? I need to see a Catholic priest." Again, it's because of the sacramental graces, the actual, not sacramental, the actual graces mm-hmm. of the St. Benedict's Medal. It gives them the grace of, that, that enlightens their conscience where they see the state of their soul and it also helps move their will. So I know many people who have been moved to do a solid general confession by having the St. Benedict Medal placed on them as they're sick and dying. And these were people that, 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 that had hardened hearts for decades, wanted nothing to do with the church. And so it goes to show you the promise of this sacramental. And you know, Jesse, I want to just mention something about St. Benedict. I actually had the opportunity 35 years ago to go to Subiaco, where Benedict worked, and a little later, if we have time, I'm going to tell a story that was Share it now, Terry. All right, I'll Share it now. It now. Just get it in. All right, now. I'll get it in. I wanted to wait for one of the one of the attachments is about poison. It protects you from poison. And the reason they bring that up is because, you know, Benedict was was radical. And just like now, if you're radical, there are people who want to kill you. So <laughs> they put poison in his drink, okay, for him to drink it, and then he'd die. Well, a raven, a crow went and took the poison, knocked it over where he couldn't uh, take it. Drink it, yeah. To drink it. So today, in 1981, when I was there, there's a, a for the Benedictines keep a, a, a pet raven in a cage to illustrate our, their thankfulness of the raven saving Benedict's life. So this is uh, not something that is a fairy tale or anything yeah, like right. this. This is real. And I know, Jesse, you wear many times when you go out to preach— you have that St. Benedict medal around your neck. And I would imagine, Jesse, next week you'll be wearing that medal. Is that a fair statement? Terry, when I come on the radio, yeah. when I go do a parish mission anywhere, a conference, yeah. a radio interview, when I go out to an abortion clinic, I'll always, I, always have, I always have on my brown scapular. Of course. But yeah. I'll put on my St. Benedict. I always have on the brown scapular and the miraculous medal. But I'll put my St. Benedict when I'm going to do some apostolic work. So Great. Yeah, yeah, well, let, let's. What's the next one, Jess? Uh, number four, to, uh, the St. Benedict Medal serves as an armor against temptation. Yep. In other words, if you're about to do something that you know you shouldn't be doing as a Catholic man or woman, that the, the St. Benedict Medal around your neck, around your person, is going to have a burning conviction to tell you knock it off and stop and and uh, and and turn away, avert your gaze. This is another one to secure a timely and healthy birth for the children. Women, sign me up. I know you're going to love that one. <laughs> Number seven, to afford protection against storms and lightning. Uh, that's that, I mean, I've, I've heard a lot of stories about this in tradition, about the St. Benedict's Medal has calmed people during storms and lightning and protected people. Uh, and again, uh, nothing's impossible with God, right, Terry? Amen, brother. Let's get to the next one. To serve as an efficacious remedy for bodily afflictions and a means of protection against contagious diseases. Hey, do we know anything like that? <laughs> God bless you. Jesus. Yeah, right now, people, especially with this, uh, this, uh, this, well, this, uh, the pandemic, it was man caused. Let's course. be honest. It was man caused. And so people are getting sick. I hear Terry's grandson. My I, grandson just walked into the studio, I, everybody. I hear that cute little boy there. <laughs> 
I love it. Life, the next generation, exactly. Terry. Exactly. We're gonna pass we're, it on. We're on our way out, Terry. But hey, <laughs> we're we're gonna we're gonna go down swinging, man. That's I know right. I, we're gonna go down swinging. Here's a couple of other things. Keep going, Jess. How to use the metal? Okay. Number one, on a chain around the neck. That's generally the way you use it. Yeah, Terry. Yep. All right. Exactly. All right. Now, number two, attach to your rosary. A lot of people don't realize that you can attach it to your rosary. Do that so that it's always with you when you're praying the rosary. Yeah. And so if it's attached to your rosary, number three, the St. Benedict's Medal could be kept in one's pocket or purse. There's a lot of people that just sometimes have the St. Benedict's Medal coin. That's fine. Just a coin. Yep. As, as long as it's blessed by a Catholic priest with the proper prayers of exorcism. Yep. All right. Here's another one, Jess. Placed in one's car or at home. Keep it in your home. That's another good one. Number five. Place in the foundation of a building. Oh, yeah. Place in the foundation of a building. Now, I, I can tell you this just from, you know, listening. Father Ripperger's got a book coming out. It's called Dominion. It's going to be a 500-page book. But yeah. I, I, I've got his redacted notes on this. And one of the things that works very well, again, a building, a house, your property, when the owner, be that, it, generally speaking, it should be the man yeah. by, by natural law. When the man places a St. Benedict's medal in his house, his building, his place of employment, his property, uh, it has a profound effect because, again, the demons, they know that this man is operating under his under proper authority because it's his by natural law. That's right. And so they yield and they and they cede to the prayers of the man who's putting the, the St. Benedict's medal on his building, on his property, on his on on his on you know every on his house. Yes. Um, now, if you're going to say, "Hey, across the street, you got a witch, and uh, you have no relationship with the person, you haven't asked his permission," and if you're placing Saint Benedict's medals on his property, it, I would just tell you from Father Ripperger's book that's it's, it's a 500-page book called Dominion. It's going to have little to no effect because, again, uh, you did it without his permission. The owner of the property. Uh, didn't ask you to do that, did not do that himself. It would be like you going across the street to your neighbor's house with a pagan and just open his front door and start rearranging his furniture. He'd say, dude, what are you doing here? How, who let you in? I didn't invite you in. By natural law, he would throw you out. Same thing, a demon would say, well, that's nice that you put these St. Benedict's medals on your neighbor's property or this, or this building that's not yours. Uh, it's not your property, so we don't have to listen to you. So it'll have limited effect. That's all I'm saying. Jesse, and Father Father Ripperger would say that in his 500-page book called Dominion. Jesse, do you have any stories of police work or any friends about the same? I know Reuben carries the Benedictine medal. I remember a couple of them, but not real clear. Do you have any stories of the Benedictine medal? I know when Rick, when he would go inside to do a raid, he always asked St. Benedict for protection. I do recall that. Yeah, let me just mention one more thing before I get into that is that uh, uh, the St. Benedict, the medal, should be placed uh, in, in the center of a cross, the actual medal. Right, right. And, and, and Terry, by the way, the power of that medal is, number one, it's a sacramental. It's blessed by the Catholic Church. So it has the blessings of the Catholic Church, which is the church founded by Christ. And the power of that medal also, remember Father Ripperger talks about precision in prayer. Absolutely. There's an exorcism prayer behind the medal in Latin. That's what makes it powerful. It's blessed by the church. And the prayer that's in Latin is right behind the medal. Now, remember, the church teaches that this medal, uh, that when it's worn by a person, it's constantly projecting, constantly projecting that prayer onto the airwaves, onto the cosmos. Mm -hmm. That's where the power comes from, is 
it, the projection of that prayer in the middle is constantly happening and it's being uh, projected into the cosmos. Well, what does St. Paul say in Ephesians 5, chapter 2, 3, and 5, and 6? Who dwells in the cosmos? Angels and demons. Exactly. So demons are being affected by the constant exorcism prayer that's on that metal in Latin that's constantly being projected out there. Let, let me give you something that people could understand. Kind of like, uh, you know, people watch Spider-Man and Spider-Man shoots a web, okay? You know, yep, yep. And, and all kids run around and they, they with their hands like they're shooting a web at each other. That's what it means to project. This metal is projecting like a web, if you will, an invisible web into the cosmos. And that's his efficacy. The merit of this prayer comes from the prayer of the church. And the fact that the prayers, it's a prayer of exorcism, which is very precise to drive out the demon. Uh, Terry, I could just tell you this. Yeah, tell um, Police work. Yeah, many people. There's this one guy that I work with very hard. Yeah. Uh, I won't mention his last name. Name was Art. Yeah. Uh, he was my partner for, for a long time in a black and white night shift. Total fall away Catholic, total secular humanist, ex-military, hard, hardline cop. I mean, just, you know, yes, no, just very abrasive. With, and he was, but with me, I, 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 he goes, you know, just, I'd like, we work night shift together. I'd like to have your faith, but I just can't. I just don't, I, I, you know, I, I've, I've been in the military. I've been a cop for many years. You know, I, I just, I have a very hard exterior and a hard interior. He goes, I hear what you're saying, but. I just can't open up. And so what I told him one day, I said, this was 30 years ago, I had a little St. Benedict's medal that was blessed by a priest. I said, bro, I'm going to ask you just to put this. I know you're not going to want to wear it around your neck. I get that. I said, can you just put it in your pocket, okay, of your, of, in the uniform? Sure. Terry, he, he started carrying it in his uniform pocket. Probably about a year after the conversation, he goes, hey, Jess. I said, yeah, what's up, Bart? I went to Mass this Sunday. <laughs> he goes, I haven't been to Mass in 20 years. He goes, it felt so good. good. What happened? I gave him a St. Benedict's medal, and God started working on his heart. St. Benedict, pray for us. Up next, the Bible with the Barbers. I'm babysitting, can you tell? Yep. And uh, we're going to have that on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Jess, what state should we be living in, brother? The state of sanctifying grace. Don't live in the state of mortal sin. And hey... Wear a St. Benedict's medal. Uh, all you can do is benefit from it. Amen. And remember what Our Lady said at Fatima. Souls are going to hell because there's no one there to pray and make sacrifices for them. Let's make some sacrifices. It's Friday. No meat. At least I'm no meat. And then also do some act of charity right now for somebody. Because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. May God richly bless you and your family. Up next, Bible with the Barbers. <laughs>